wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And I've got a pretty special treat for you. I got a gentleman here by the name of Brian Cottrell. We sell uh, international hunts. We sell hunts in, in the North America. I tell everybody we sell everything from a squirrel hunt to a giraffe. What's your choice? But we don't want to cross up and make people think that just because you have us, a wild animal is going to run out of the woods and you're going to kill it. At the end of the day, it's still hunting. I got lots of people. It means more to them to stay in a really nice lodge. You're going to eat caviar at night. And then some are just all about a really good hunt and don't care if they're sleeping in their truck. Some of the best outfitters I deal with do not have websites. Because at the end of the day, these guys are in the mountains. They are country as cornbread, and they ain't interested in learning about any kind of technology. They like to hunt. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. And I've got a pretty special treat for you. I got a gentleman here by the name of Brian Cottrell that I had the opportunity to share bear camp with in uh, North Carolina. We were hunting with an outfitter down there and uh, we had a really good time. We hit it off really well. And I learned a lot about Brian over a course of a couple days. And uh, I think you guys are really gonna enjoy him and what all he has to offer and what he does for a living. Brian works for Homeland Security. He's also the president of Whitetails Unlimited Mississippi chapter. And he's also the owner of 2B Outdoors. And 2B Outdoors is one of the reasons why we have Brian on the show today. And uh, we'll let him tell you a little bit about 2B. And then we're gonna get into hunting with an outfitter and some of the do's, don'ts, and things to look out for. So Brian, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about 2B Outdoors. Okay. Well, I can't really tell you much about 2B Outdoors without starting with Whitetails Unlimited. Yeah, like like uh, Stephen said, um, I'm a, a director of Whitetails Unlimited. I run uh, the state of Mississippi and uh, off in Alabama and some other states. And uh, I, I uh, oversee a bunch of chapters in those states. And because of that platform, and I've been doing that for 11 years, but because of the Whitetails Unlimited platform, I was in front of hundreds of people a week. And, and it, it started, you know, basically people calling me because they, they knew me, they saw me, I was in the public eye, and they were always asking me where could they go on hunts, blah, 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 you know, all these nightmare uh, scenarios where, where they uh, ended up going on a hunt. It wasn't what they were explained. It's not the hunt that they were going on. Uh, and things just went south, and there was a lot of that. And so I found myself uh, just, you know, a lot of nights uh, and a lot of texts talking on the phone, taking away from my family time uh, with people trying to get them to a good outfitter, you know, using uh, the the platform I was on and the network I was in. Uh, So uh, about four or five years of that, I decided, you know, I really need to do something. This, uh, this, this is obviously there's a potential to help a lot of people. So that's where I started to be outdoors. Um, And uh, that was six years ago. It started to be outdoors. And basically, with Two B Outdoors, you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a hunt company basically, 
and people come to me and uh, we, we, uh, we get them to bedded outfitters. That means somewhere we've been or somebody that I trust in the industry's been, like Steven or any of the guys like that. Um, and we can kind of explain to our people kind of what they're going into, what to expect. But we don't want to cross up and make people think that just because you have us, a wild animal is going to run out of the woods and you're going to kill it. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's still hunting. You know, I have all these people that are, you know, that that uh, that kind of, they don't want to hunt an out uh, high fence, although we do we do have some high, uh, high fence outfitters. Well, this person may not want to hunt a high fence, but at the end of the day, he's wanting a canned hunt, but you can't really provide that. So we do get into that with uh, with clients that, that, that kind of, feel like that uh that every outfitter should get them on a kill and that's not the case so it's a two-way street outfitters uh you know we want to make sure that outfitters are, are who they say they are and we also want our hunters to realize they're going on a hunt and that doesn't mean you're going to kill every time it's about the experience and about getting somewhere and and it is how they explained it and that you are getting what you paid for not just a kill but you're getting uh, what you paid for in the sense that someone does have the land uh, and you're not getting in one of those situations where you get there and there's like, hey, man, me and my uncle got into a fight last night. We all, and I don't have but 100 acres instead of uh, 20,000. And that, <laughs> that was so across the board. It's crazy. And if you go out and hunt, you try to do it on your own. You're going to experience that. Yeah. A lot of great, a lot of great people out there. But at the end of the day, you better know what you're buying and getting into because there's a lot of not so great people out there. So that's where 2B came into the equation to try to help people and you know, just adding a little layer of protection uh, that we have been there and they passed the background check uh, with us. So, uh, but that's to be outdoors. And uh, we, like I say, we're adding and taking away outfitters every day across the country, across the United uh, the world. Honestly, we sell uh, international hunts. We sell hunts in, in the North America, uh, you name it. And uh, I tell everybody, we sell everything from a squirrel hunt to a giraffe. What's your choice? <laughs> giraffe i like that yeah so me and, and you uh, me and you met in north carolina we were on we a, me and april and we actually had all of our kids with us too and uh, we we were down there on a bear hunt and uh to be outdoors is what you were there for and representing and you were actually there to vet that outfitter mm-hmm. and uh isn't it awesome how things in life happen for reasons and I, I can say today that i think we were there we were there to bear hunt and we had a great time but i think more importantly we were there to meet each other and i think god put us you know he made our paths cross for a reason and the relationship yeah. and friendship that we've built since then has been pretty awesome at least i can say on my end hopefully you can say the same on yours and uh yes i can and and to add to your international i've i've been asked a lot here recently about different places to go and where would i go and uh, you know and also do i have any recommendations for international hunts and that's one thing that my resume probably lacks right i've been all over the u.s killing a lot of the big game that's available but that's something that you can say and you've had the experience doing is hunting internationally and how cool is that that you've created such a network uh, and it's a a network that is you know 
from blue collar to white collar across the board, right, with your hunters to your outfitters. So you've got a little yep. bit of everything for everybody. And that's why I really wanted to have you on this show tonight. And yep. because I've got friends that have never hunted with outfitters and they ask me a lot of things, a lot of questions, right? And these are questions that I've written down that I want to ask you and get your input and your and your take on it, right? Because you made mention that, you know, some outfitters may not have the best, um, the best of the best, right? But um, how do you vet your outfitters to determine they're going to be a good fit for your hunters? Well, you know, more than anything, it's kind of like a, it's just a relationship. Just like me and you, we, you know, with the outfitters, I, either if I've been there um, and over the course of our, our relationship, I've talked to you, I've kind of understand the place or I've got people that have been there and I've talked about it and, and you kind of get a visualization of what it is. If you, if you aren't the one that's been there, but like, uh, like Steven, um, if you've been there, me and you would talk and kind of understand uh, I would kind of be able to ask you questions to, and understand what we were, what we were kind of facing with kind of get an idea. Cause I got clients, some clients that, um, that are more interested in hunting industry, <laughs> the hunting, selling hunts is kind of strange. I got lots of people that are, it means more to them to stay in a really nice lodge than it is to be on a really good hunt. And then some are just all about a really good hunt and don't care if they're sleeping in the truck. And then I got some that want a good, happy medium. And then it all comes down to, you know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to budget, too, because things, uh, there's t- so two ends of the spectrum. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's almost like a DIY at some places where other places, they're driving you right to your stand. You're going to eat caviar at night. I mean, it's, it's I kind of visit with my clients when they call me and kind of get a good understanding of what they're looking for. Um, and uh, by talking to them, you know, and it, and this being in the business so long, it starts. I kind of start eliminating different outfitters based on uh, uh, on what they're telling me and what they're looking for, and what means the most to them. Uh, and you know, the same way with my guys out there in the field, they're going to be able to sell something that they know uh, a lot better than something they don't know when they're talking to to a client. So I just have lots of connections, and in front of my desk right now, I'm sitting at my desk and. I have a big uh, map of the United States, and I got pins all over it. I just glance at that where my pins are are vetted outfitters. Um, and when somebody's talking talking to me, I can start. I can glance up there, and and it really helps me uh, kind of narrow down stuff. So when somebody calls me, they're not all they're not always particular on a state. They might say, Brian, I want a two hundred inch mule deer. Um, and well, that eliminates a lot of places, you know, and that eliminates uh, cheap hunts too. When you start getting somebody that's wanting um, a really great opportunity at something so big, so yeah, that that's where it at. And I can go on forever. I don't want to get too off in left field with all that, but it's um, it's unique, you know. You build a relationship with the outfitters, then uh, somebody calls you, and you just start in your head like a rolodex, kind of going through, and you get down to where you feel like you've got them where they need to be. Uh, budget wise and kind of uh, uh, so it's as far as process it, yeah. of elimination basically so you've yeah. got you've got your your map and as as they continue to give you more information you start crossing outfitters off and uh, yeah 
So let me ask you this. Um, recommendations for hunters when they're looking for a quality outfitter. What are some of the questions that you're asking them or do you want them to ask you? Well, some like, you know, as far as that goes, and, and one thing I do need to visit on real quick is just like clients and outfitters, an outfitter can be great last year, but there could be some sort of life change, whether it be as hell, it could go through a financial situation. It could, uh, uh, go through a divorce it could be anything and that guy who's so good last year is no longer that guy so i try to keep keep up with my outfitters and visit with them and talk to them and kind of uh, uh go see them and whatnot as much as i can and if i feel like there's a red flag somewhere i'll kind of look a little bit deeper into it because it happens you know um it's just the way it's just the world i'm in yeah so but yeah as far as uh when i'm talking to a client some things i ask them you know is hey is it important for wi-fi is it important for cell phones what are you looking for what's your budget um and um and you know and i've got like a a, a list of things and in a, in, in a sheet that i go through with them as far as that because my outfitters i put them under like what's called an outfitter questionnaire i get a lot of things answered where's the closest store are they going to have cell service? Is there air conditioner? Are there sheets? Do they need to bring towels? Do they need to bring this? You know, as much as I, information as I can possibly get, um, uh, as I gather. So I kind of, I've got that information at my fingertips when I'm, when I'm talking to my clients. Um, okay. Yeah. And there's, there's always going to be something that I do not have. And I operate off of one note, but there's always going to be something that, you know, that, that they, that they want information on that I may not have, uh, cause it's a lot, you know, um, luckily I've been doing it a long time and I had a heart attack yet, but probably coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not say that. Um, so I want to touch on something that you said there that, um, you keep up with your outfitters as well as you do your clients, but that's something that sets you apart probably from basically from the everyday hunter, just calling around themselves right because one you've already vetted these guys but two you're keeping up with them and you're making sure that they're holding a standard and maintaining at least a certain level of quality that way you feel comfortable uh selling that hunt to that to that uh that hunter yes so the other thing go ahead and a lot one of the things that the hunters always the clients always want to know about i kind of give you a little uh, info on this is they're like well hey what's the website what's this let me see some pictures and let me tell you just, uh, some of the best outfitters i deal with do not have websites they do not have facebook pages because at the end of the day these guys are in the mountains they are they are just country as cornbread and they ain't interested in learning about any kind of technology their job they like to hunt and get people on quality hunts so I do one a red flag for me that I like to wade through is how much marketing. Okay, if you've got a if you're a, if you are an outfitter and you have a tremendous uh, web page, that tells me you have a lot of people that you need to get paid, which kind of scares me because that may mean you have to sell a lot more hunts just to pay the overhead to facilitate certain things like that so people ask me that and that's the first thing i want people to realize i'll get you know if they have that but that's not always the case my best outfitters are just people that i've met through the system and they're not going to have a big fancy web page do you do you want a fancy web page or do you want what you buy because 
there is a difference. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's say I'm, I've booked a hunt with you and I'm going to New Mexico. I'm going on a mule deer hunt. Yep. What's something that I should expect from my outfitter? Uh, well, the first thing you're going to dealing with us, you're going to expect is communication and we're going to force that communication. We're going to put you under a contract and, and introduce you and the outfitter. And then I'm going to also keep up with you via text. I have a system in place that I keep constant contact to make sure, Hey, are you and the outfitter talking? So I expect that communication, but in the other, just like with the fancy webpage, um, outfitters, really good outfitters are some of the hardest people to get in contact with. Cause you know why they're out doing what you're paying them to do. And they're not answering their phone when they have clients in camp. Um, and I know I'm getting off in left field again, but it comes back to the same question you just asked. Um, is what's your expected communication is key but communication sometimes is tough because outfitters that are really good outfitters are not in good sales service 90 percent of the time yeah so um but yeah communication and especially leading up inside of a few weeks of of of, of your hunt is to have that talk and visit and uh, and uh, try to pick their brain um and it really comes down to there's only so much an outfitter can can offer you as a client I don't want clients to feel like that, uh, that, that everything's going to be perfect when they get to a hunt that, because the outfitter, just like me or you, if you, let's say you have a, a handicap, well, the outfitter needs to know that he's probably, he might not necessarily ask you that, but you need to let your outfitter know it's more really the client needs to communicate with the outfitter more than the, than I, than the expecting of the outfitter to do much. The outfitter is expected to be there when you get there. And two return texts or phone calls at some point when he gets back into, out of the field. But at the end of the day, the outfitter uh, to be there and to provide what you've asked, whether it be under contract, whether it's lodging in the food and whatnot. So um, it's really some of my biggest issues is the clients just not communicating with the outfitters because uh, they are the ones that have the, usually the most different. They have the 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 questions and whatnot that an outfitter may not necessarily know to answer unless you ask it. So does that make any sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's something that it's kind of like life in general, right? People aren't mind readers and we can't expect outfitters to be mind readers as well. Um, Yeah. If you're in a wheelchair and you never told the outfitter you're in a wheelchair and you show up and you're in a wheelchair and the outfitter's like, Oh no, I never knew that. What now the whole game changes. You know what I mean? And I'm using that as an example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it's communication's key. If there's anything out of the ordinary, you need to let them know. Um, but uh, it's it's so much. It's so much that uh, it really needs to come down to the client asking those questions and getting real familiar with his outfitter best he can. Give me your best outfitted experience and why. Okay. Best outfit experience, probably, uh, let's say hunting in the mountains, New Mexico or Colorado. I just, because I'm not, I don't live in the mountains and it it was just, I was hunting different, a whole different terrain. Right. So I'm learning, I'm learning what these deer and these animals do, uh, in the mountains compared to hunting in flatland. So, you know, and just going out there and trying to trying to uh, outsmart the game and being successful. So, I've had a lot of good experience with outfitters, but I, I guess my 
my favorite ones were just somewhere com- with the terrain completely different than I'm used to, um, and kind of testing my physical ability too. I, I, there's even situations where I train and get physically prepared for hunts, um, and just going in with that right mental attitude and, and just made the difference on a really fun, successful hunt and just different terrain. Um, but one thing I can tell people as far as uh, your better experiences with outfitters, usually it comes down to planning. If you call me, which I get 80% of my people call me inside of a 30 day window, right? So um, if you can get that window stretched out to six months or a year and really plan something, it gives you an opportunity to probably hunt a, some better dates, the rut, some and your your experience goes up because you're in a better situation you may be the first uh week or two in camp people instead of hunting the end of season um you're not going to see a deer that got killed a month ago you know yeah uh, and um <laughs> so that's that's something that i you know to, to increase your experience and your odds and the pleasurability of a hunt and the opportunity to kill is to plan your hunts and not just wait to the last second to book something Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, that makes a world of difference. Yeah, I think that could be said about a lot of things in life, right? The, exactly. the more time that you prep and prepare, the better off the the, or it, at least it should be. The outcome should be much better. Brian, we definitely appreciate you being on tonight and uh, answering a bunch of the questions that we had regarding outfitters. And uh, what we're going to do, guys, we're going to end this one here tonight. And uh, next week, we're going to have Brian back, and he's going to answer more questions about outfitters and why we should hunt with them. And keep hunting and doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.